We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. It is me, soy yo. Gabriel Ramirez here on 670 to score. We get to talk a little baseball. Sox game getting postponed today versus the Phillies, but uh, we are here nonetheless, and we get to talk to a really good guy that knows both sides of town equally as well. He's joining us right now on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, you can catch him uh, on the Sun-Times and, of course, AP Sports as well. None other than our guy here at the score, Mark Gonzalez. Mark, how's it going? Going well, staying warm. How about you? Yeah, dude, uh, that, we, that could be a whole fifteen-minute conversation if we really wanted to do that. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stay because we want to uplift the people and not bring them down. Um, Mark, let me start here. Um, and I asked this before the break. Do you think the Cubs will make the playoffs? No. Okay, you're breaking my producer's heart, but I like it. I I, I like where you're at right now. Is it because you feel like uh, the success that they've had so far is is not sustainable? Or do you think that they'll just run into some issues as the season progresses? I think they, um, it's a long season. They're playing pretty well, playing well enough to win games. I think they would have lost each of the last two years. Um, you have to always brace yourself for injuries. I think they were, they, if, if they were lucky when it came to injuries, it was that, say, uh, Suzuki was hurt a little early but came back, I think, uh, sooner rather than later. But, Having said that, we've seen where their depths or lack of depths been exposed, and usually that catches up to you down the stretch. Um, certainly, they could make a, a couple midseason moves, strengthen their case if they're in contention. But uh, and now I can't anoint them as a playoff team. But the way they're playing right now, and with the wild card going, who knows? But I gotta say, for right now, no. Yeah. What What do you think has been for you, Mark, the most? Impressive thing from this Cubs team for the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, they've been pesky, and I say pesky in the, in the sense that you look at Nico Horner; he's stolen eight bases, getting on base. Uh, it seems like when somebody goes in a, a lull, they pick it up right away. You know, earlier Swanson was carrying the torch for the offense, and then you see that like Mancini or Hosmer get a big hit. Uh, Wisdom's the hot guy right now. Um, it seems like somebody is picking uh, the rest of the lineup up, and I think that's very encouraging as well as their, their veteran starters. When I say veterans, I mean Stroman and Smiley, the name two. Talking to Mark Gonzalez from the Chicago Times here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez. It's, I really like the pitching so far. I mean, you saw it last year, right, Mark? Even like throughout the entire season, there was guys making spot starts, really picking the team up. Uh, Justin Steele doing really well. I mean, and you saw his outing, you know, the other day. Uh, what can you say about this rotation and, and where they're at right now and, and what a job Rossi's done, you know, kind of getting them to play at a high level? Well, in, in, in each individual guy, I think you see Stroman when he's healthy and throwing the sinker effectively. It's, it's, he's almost unbeatable, uh, really impressive. Then you get the Steele, 
who's really attacking uh, the inside low corner to righties. He's picking it where he left off from last year. And Smiley with his knuckle curl, it's been effective against righties as well as lefties. And even Tyon's had some moments where um, he's been effective. So, uh, you know, Wisniewski has had his troubles at times, but um, it's okay because he's a fifth starter. He's a rookie. He's still growing. And I think as long as the uh, veteran starters do what they keep above, uh, they're going to be in this thing for a while because, you know, St. Louis's pitching is a little toasty right now. Uh, Brewers have Woodruff out. So um, I, I could see the Cubs hanging around for a while. Yeah, it says a lot about a team when they when they like each other and they like to play with each other. And it seems like this team kind of has that. They had it last year, you know, even though they were under like underperforming, you know. And, and, but you look at them this year and you're saying to yourself, yeah, yeah, you know, like a Cody Bellinger, a Dansby Swanson, you know, when you throw in a Ian Happ and a Patrick Wisdom, like these guys like being together. And it seems like, Mark, you know, you remember back in the day, you know, you, you go out during the summer, you play some baseball with your friends, you get a glove and a bat, and it just was fun. And it seems to me like that's the kind of vibe this Cubs team has. Yeah, I don't think your eyes are lying. It's, it's a good vibe. I think they identified uh, the right kind of guy at this moment. When I say that, you, you look around the clubhouse with guys like Ballinger and Mancini, you know, Hosmer with a little more to prove. Certainly they have their – their share of jewelry, but there's more to prove, and they know it, and they fit in seamlessly. Uh, Swanson's uh, a, a true leader in this club in this clubhouse, and you see guy like Horner, who's just continuing to improve and is fit in seamlessly. He could obviously obviously say this is my team, but he's not that type of guy, and he knows that they brought in Swanson for a reason. These guys get along very well, and I think. Uh, Jan Gomes and, and Bernhardt have called pretty good games back there. So it's a nice nice mix right now. All right, let's talk about the closer position. A lot of people, you know, at odds ends about Michael Fulmer and, and his position and whether or not he'll be the closer as the season continues. Um, what are your thoughts on him, and do you think he can hold on to that role? Um, you know, there's been times where, where Ross goes with the, the guy he feels best in that critical spot to be the seventh or eighth inning. Um, he showed a lot of faith in, in Fulmer bringing him back uh, yesterday for that, that those crucial outs in the seventh and eighth. Um, but you know, Boxberger's done a terrific job as well. Got some big outs there. So I see that situation as very fluid, and Ross can just spin it by saying, "I'm going with the matchups, the guys that he feels matches up best." Whether it's you know a, a guy like even Lighter who throws the split finger fastball effectively to, to lefties as well as righties. Um, Ross has some options out there, and I think that Fulmer and Boxberger have been through the battles enough to know that um, it's not important if they get the save. It's important if the team gets the save, and I think everybody uh, understands that. So it, it it's not a case where somebody's ego is going to get bruised, and I think that bodes well for the rest of the season. There's a lot of buy-in right now. Yeah, there's no eye in closer. <laughs> we're talking to Mark Gonzalez. All right, so we know where uh, Boxberger and Fulmer are. They're at the back end of the, of the, of the, of the rotation when it comes to relief pitchers. But where, what's going on with Kyle Hendricks? Well, I think they got to be very deliberate and, and bring him along. You know, he's starting to throw uh, live bullpen sessions, and I think the next uh, next step will probably be a, a simulated game soon. Uh, keep in mind, he's probably only thrown like, 30 pitches. It's going to be a gradual buildup for him. So don't expect him to return soon. I don't think they would accelerate 
this timetable, even if Wisniewski's struggling. It's just one of those things where uh, they got to be careful with Kyle. He's got a lot of miles on that arm, and the injury he had was getting more serious than they let him believe. So I think it's in their best interest as well as Kyle's. They've been around slowly. So if he does return uh, before Memorial Day, it's it's a victory. But we got to look at it right now. Like he's probably at the start of spring training right now. Yeah, smart, smart of them to take their time. No need to rush a guy like Kyle Hendricks back. All right, let's go ahead and switch our attention to the Chicago White Sox, Mark. You know, it, it, let's start with the injuries, right? Let's just start there first. It's like you're watching this team, and you, you always have high hopes for them, and then the injury bug just seems to get them at the worst time. And it's been frustrating because we heard all winter that they were fortifying their training department, their medical staff, and to uh, prevent these sort of things. And it just seemed like it's been buzzer's luck, you know, whether it be, you know, Moncada, who had a terrific spring, solid WBC, and then, you know, he's got a sore back now. Uh, Tim gets injured on a freak play, not his fault, but yet he's going to be out for another, you know, two, three weeks. And then you got to be, you know, then uh, Aloy came back a couple of days ago, but he had a rough one yesterday, size four collar. Um, He's got to get his timing back. I think he will at some point, but um, it's just been one of those things that always happens here for some weird reason. So, um, you know, and then Joe Kelly, and then they, I thought that was that's that they really missed him yesterday. I know people are saying, well, he's wild, can't throw the strike zone. Well, it would have given Pedro Grafal another option in that situation where Cease's pitch counts climbing against Rushman, where he needed a strike out there, but. Um, we can go on and on about the injuries. Yeah, and it's just an unfortunate part. I mean, obviously every team, has, like you hear it so often, right, every team has to deal with injuries. But it just sucks for the White Sox to happen at the very beginning of the season where you can't even get your momentum going. You can't even get some consistency, some continuity. And that's what you would ultimately want, especially for a first-year coach in Pedro Gafo. Uh Mark, what, what do you think of the job that he's done so far? Like Decision-making, you know, keeping in seats for a long time, like things like that. What, what do you think about the job he's done so far? Well, I like his structure, his message, you know, spring training, you know, evaluate things seven to ten days at a time. I really like that approach. Um, as it carries into the season, he said, no, we're, we're going one game at a time. We're going to try to win, uh, you know, go on a one-game winning streak every day. And I think you saw his intent yesterday when he elected to keep Cease in uh, the face Rushman uh where this, this uh, pitch count was climbing over 100. I understand where he's coming from, and I understand his logic there, that he was going to go with his best in that situation. Um, his other option was, was Middleton, who hasn't been around long at all, and I think that's where you probably miss a Joe Kelly while keeping in mind that that bullpen's been well worked in, in the two previous games. But I would not have kept Cease in. I know it's easy for me to say what I felt all along, that there were warning signs, uh, would cease in his, in his lack of control and saw the wild pitch before he completed the the walk to Rushman. So um, there were troubling signs, but I understand where Pedro was coming from, you know, going with his best in that situation. It's just like, as I think sometimes, um, certainly he wasn't trying to, to lose that game, he was trying to win, but I think you got to, you know, lose the battle but win the war. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, we're talking to Mark Gonzalez here on 670. The score, I'm Gabe Ramirez. You know, you're looking at this White Sox team and you're looking at that rotation. You know, obviously you want Cease to be the anchor, 
because there's been inconsistency with the rest of the rotation. You know, when you're looking at Kopech, when you're looking at Giolito, and I mean, obviously Clevenger has been somewhat consistent, so, but I'll throw Lance Lynn in there. Of those three, who do you feel like has been the most surprising with their slow start? Um, you know, I, I had high, had high hopes for Giolito coming out of spring training, and I saw some things that I liked. Um, I, I'd like to, to assess him over a, a longer body at work, but, you know, he, he was a little crisp in one of those starts recently. Was it against the Twins, I think? One, one of those starts. Yeah. But um, I, I really want, would like to give him the benefit of doubt, what, even though it sounds like a cop-out, because I think um, he's got plenty in the tank left out of a pretty good year. Um, Lynn, against the Giants, that was just an unfortunate matchup. They, they really crushed the ball against him. And then with, with Michael, I thought he threw well at times in his last start, but yeah. um, he's got to pitch deeper. And I think we're all in agreement there. Just, you know, be more consistent getting deeper in games. But um, I think he'll have a better year than he did last year by far. Yeah, I was telling people, you know, that first game, you know, he gave up more earned runs in that game than he did all last season in terms of the output. It was seven seven earned runs. He hadn't given that up all last season. So you knew it was some sort of outlier. It was great that he was able to come back and pitch a good game the next one, and then this last outing, like you mentioned, it was right in the middle, so it's kind of on par. So, but if you can get that from Kopech, that'll be awesome. But Giolito, you know, you just want him to kind of settle down because he's a likable guy. You like him. And speaking of likable guys, Mark, you know, Jake Berger is one of those guys too. And I know you're high on him. I'm high on him as well. I have been since he came up into the the, uh, the league in spring training and crushed a couple homers a couple years back, and I was like, can't wait to get this guy in the league. And then he just kept on battling injury after injury. Speaking of injuries, um, I'm assuming you like a guy like Jake Berger, and, and do you think the Sox, you know, they have to find a way to keep him on the roster, right? Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a high wire act um, trying to keep him on the roster the way it's constructed right now. And you know, you look at the other corner positions. You know, Andrews at first base. You'd like to get Sheets uh, more playing time, but you know, outfield sometimes been a challenge for him. And, and Andrews is going to be the guy at first which leaves with Jake at third. And I know he's worked very, very hard to improve his defense there. And he's made some nice plays, but unfortunately um, that error he made, the fielding error on the backhand, um, got the Orioles back in the game. And, you know, you, you hope you can get him some bats at the, at the DH, but then you have Aloy who's going to uh, gobble up a lot of those at-bats at DH. So um, you got to figure out what serves the team best and what serves Jake the best. Um, it's it's a tough tough act, and sometimes injuries take care of it. You know what I'm saying is, you know, maybe somebody gets hurt and Jake can stick around. But you'd like to see this team at full strength and see um, how it plays out and where he fits. And right now, um, I think he's on the fence. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how they can uh, how, how that high wire act uh, ends up panning out for the rest of the season. Mark, I appreciate you hanging out with me, man, and giving me some of your time tonight. Uh, have a great evening, okay? You too, and stay warm. Yeah, I'm trying to. Mark Gonzalez uh, from the Chicago Sun-Times hanging out. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. We're going to be talking about bears next, uh, right after this. But, dude, can we just live in this weather space for a second? Mark touched on it twice, trying to stay warm. Like here, here, Here's the part. Listen, if you complain about this kind of stuff, then you're not a true Chicagoan, right? Because this stuff happens, right? 80 degrees one day, 40 degrees the next. No surprise there. The, the bump in the road for me was the fact that the 80-degree hit, for lack of better words, lasted three days. 
That was the that doesn't happen, right? It's usually like, you know, it's especially around this time of year. My birthday's in March, so I know I know weather patterns very well, right? So like right around March, you know, you're like, you know, you're like 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 70. But like one day of 70. And it might be drizzling that day. And then it's like 47, 48, and then you get rid of the low 40s. You know what I'm saying? And now you're in the 47 to 53 range. Then you get that 180-degree day, and now you're in the 50s. That's how that happens. But you screwed us. Whoever it was that was out there in the streets of Chicago acting a fool because it was too hot outside, Chicago came with its toxic self and dropped a, a, a wintry mix on us. I feel like you have to grow up here to even be able to believe a thing in a 50-degree yeah. difference from day to day, right? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. it was. 82 degrees one day, and I looked at the news, and it said the low for the next day was 32 degrees. So I mean, you have to grow up here to even believe something like that's possible. Right, right, right. right. Where you don't think you're, you're like just lying to them. Hey, it's gonna be 50. It's gonna be 30 tomorrow. Like, if you're not from here, you'd be like, stop it. It's so stupid. It's 83 degrees today. But if you talk to Chicago, it'd be 30. No, like they're they're so disappointed. No, come on, don't tell me that. It, it's not disbelief. It's disappointment. Yeah. It's oh, are you serious? You know that's what I'm no saying. Like, you you have to grow up here to even to even yeah. be able to believe that being told to you. You have to grow up here. Disgusting. Well, either way, uh, and then then you wait for the bounce back because because only idiots think that it's going to go back to 80 next week, right? You just got to live in this space. The Chicago. It's what you do. We have hoodies on now, so I got to dress appropriately. Keep a jacket in your car. All right, so we are going to talk about some Bears next. And we're going to open up the lines because I I want to pick your brain about this draft. Like I said, it's 10 days away. And I feel like it's not getting enough coverage. Or maybe in my head it is because I can't I'm thinking about it incessantly. But I just it's like it's like the biggest soap opera I've ever seen where I'm like, what are the Bears going to do with the number nine pick? And so what I want to ask you guys is because now we've, we're months in. Now you've done all your research. You've, you've looked at all the articles. You've, you, you did your own research on the, the, the third best defensive end in the draft. You've done that yourself. But what do you want the Bears to do with that number nine pick? That's what we're going to spend the next 20 minutes on. So I'm going to open up the phone lines, 312-644-6767. What do you want the Bears to do with that number nine pick. I'll tell you what I want, and then we'll take your calls after the break. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez talking Bears on the other side right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Bro, this is the kind of music people need in their life. Cesar Perez, producer, super producer today. If you don't, if... The person you're riding with in the car does not know this song. They're too young for you. Just want to. If you're riding with, could you imagine riding with some girl like, babe, you know this song? He's like, no, she's too young for you, man. Man, before we get into the Bears, I feel like this was my like. I was like, I had I have an older sister, so she would always listen to like you know Bobby Brown, Boys to Men. So I have to credit her with all my like solid R and B knowledge from the early '90s. That's where this from, right? That's the hope. All right, cool. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. Taking your calls right now, the question I asked is, what do you, you've, you've done enough research, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You've done enough research, and you have in your mind what you think the Bears should be doing with the number nine pick. It's, it's clear as day to you. Every time you hear somebody else say something different than what you're thinking in your brain, you get frustrated. 
So I just want you to share those thoughts with not only me, but the city of Chicago that's listening. So 312-644-6767. What do you want the Bears to do with the number nine pick? Let's go to Andrew out in Bolingbrook. All right, Andrew, there's a lot of people out there that want a lot of different things for the Bears at number nine. What do you want specifically? Now, if they stay at number nine, I want defensive line. Like Kalijah can't see, or if he falls, Jalen Carter. Now, if neither one of those guys are there, trade back and get either JSN out of Ohio State or get Bijan. Oh, wow. That's, that's a, my thoughts. That's a, so, so you're part of the, the contingency that – thinks, you know, a B. John Robinson in the first 15 picks, let's say, is is worth it. So you, you don't put a different kind of grade on a running back, Andrew. Not a running back of his caliber. Yeah. When, when, when the scouts come out and say that he's Saquon Barkley re, reincarnated, I believe it. And I, I'll take Saquon with a top 15 pick. Yeah, I hear you, Andrew. And then uh, what, what is the furthest down? you would like the bear like if the bears were trading in your brain like what's too far down if they're trading that number 9 pick Pittsburgh at 17 that's, <laughs> as, that's that's as far down as I would like to go okay okay so no 20s get, for you get, get that get that Chase Claypool pick back and trade back yeah i think every every bear fan wants that back thanks for the call andrew i appreciate it andrew out in bolingbrook checking in we always like we always love when he does that Kalaja can't see that's mark grody's guy been loving him since the combine. Jalen Carter. I'm gonna tell you right now, there's zero chance Jalen Carter makes it to number nine. That's my dream. My dream is somehow Carter not gets to nine and the Bears. Zero chance. I know, but I, it's a dream. It's a dream. Like, like the like the NFL is a sick place. You know what I'm saying? Like they will turn a blind eye to a lot. And let me tell you something. They're like this. Somebody's gonna go just like that. But did he kill him? <laughs> yes, it's not funny, right? But that's what somebody's gonna say. Like we're not worried about that. And there are teams out there that will say just that. There's no doubt in my mind. There's a team picking ahead of the Bears who already has made the decision that if Jalen Carter's there, he is gonna get drafted by them. Seattle and Detroit. I think he does not make it past those two teams. Pete I, Carroll does not care. I agree with you. I think both those teams already made the decision that if he's there, they're drafting him. <laughs> right, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll? You think he cares about, like, the bad Pete? They're too, They're on, like, shrooms and weed in Seattle. They don't care. They're like, bruh, you know, super liberal. They're like, dude, second chances, bro. Jalen Carter, man. Legion of Boom, part two, 2.0. Like, dude, come on. Let's be, let's be real. He is probably, the reason why he hasn't said a word is because he's probably like, oh, my God, Jalen Carter might make it to number five. Everybody's talking about Will Levis and, and, and Richardson that I'm, they might be stupid enough to pass up on Jalen Carter. Like I said, that's my dream I, that he falls, but I, I, I don't see how he falls. You think far. Dan Campbell from the Detroit Lions, his old crazy ass, you think he's out there like, mm-mm, I do not want a Jalen Carter. Yeah, right. He's licking his chops. Can't wait. Anyway, Jalen is not making it to number nine. Don't get me wrong. We'd all love it. And then even there, you don't know if the Bears are going to take him. That's where the trade all these trades come in. You hear, keep hearing the rumors about the Pittsburgh Steelers. The assumption initially was that they wanted to trade up to number nine to get an offensive lineman. Smoke and mirrors. Now it's come out. 
that they really want Jalen Carter if he slips down that much. And they'd be willing to give up a little bit more. I was reading an article today about the point system with certain draft picks. That is the nerdiest, dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's not how that works. Nobody's really sitting up there talking about something. Well, I don't know. This one's worth 510 points, and this one's only worth 490. How are you going to make this up? 30 grand? 40? Like, no. Do do you want this player or not? What are you willing to give up? Do you want this number nine slot? And as we know, Ryan Poles plays no games. You want number nine? It's there to be had if the price is right. And that's where the Bears are at right now. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score, talking some Bears, taking your calls, 312-644-6767. Got a couple text messages that have come in. From the 219, Nolan Smith at nine, hands down, undersized, but gives you some juice off the edge. There's been some people that are coming out and like, Nolan Smith is a potential Hall of Famer. He's impressing. I mean, he's put up some good combine numbers. You know, there's guys that just, they they do well at the combine and everybody starts hyping them, you know? The good thing is this, Caesar. It doesn't matter what defensive end we take or the Bears take. It's going to be an upgrade. So you're going to get someone that can be a difference maker on your defensive line. I mean, when you finish dead last in, in pressures and, you know, how many snaps last year did you see the quarterback just sitting back there? Stop it. And, you know. Dominique Robinson's no like, damn. <laughs> Dominique Robinson's at the voluntary offseason program right now. Like, hey, coach, what's up, man? Anything I could do? Got this. Look at these reps I got. Look how fast I'm going. <laughs> and meanwhile, Nolan Smith's like, bro, I'm about to come here and take your job. Whoever gets taken in that first round, if it's a defensive lineman, they are taking his job. From the 630, the question we're asking is, what do you want to have happen with this number nine pick the Bears have? 630 says, I want to trade nine. This is this is deep. See, this is the kind of stuff I like. Because you guys are as sick as I am. You guys are coming up with these crazy trades, and I'm like, yeah. I want to trade nine and 63. This man had put the damn, like he knows what he wants. For Tennessee's number 11 and 41. Okay, let's live there for a second. Tennessee only comes up to number nine if one of the quarterbacks are available. That's the only way they move up from 11 to nine. Makes zero sense for them to do otherwise. Giving up the 41 for the 63rd, I like that. I got to be honest. This is a sexy trade in my mind already. We won. We're winning the trade. I want an offensive tackle. Ski Rex. Oh, T-Rex? Are you talking about Peter Skaronsky? That's great. And then I trade with Seattle for 20 and open the door to a wide receiver or a running back there. Maybe a Zay Flowers from Boston College at 20. We talked to Andrew from Bowling Book. He said his limit was 17. Caesar, what's your limit? What is the, you know, with the possibility of a trade back, what's the furthest back you would want to go? I feel like that would be pretty much it because if you go back to 11, now you're starting to get to that point where, you know, if you made the decision that it's an offensive lineman, the depth's there. But not if you start getting past 12, 13, 14, yeah. you know, stuff. If you go into We're 11. Look at top tier guys. <laughs> exactly. If you go into 11, one of those tackles will definitely still be there, I feel. But once you start going into 13, 14, 15, you're really stretching. And you're running the risk. Up. Exactly. And that's why I wanted, I wanted to have Cole Kubelik on uh, today. He's a super a draft guru and former offensive lineman at Auburn. Calls the SEC and actually votes on best offensive lineman of the year in college football. And... He was on the show before when I was when I was on with Anthony Heron, 
And he mentioned that, like, you know, you can get a second rounder that's comparable, not as good as comparable. Now, I want to reiterate his, 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 his resume. He votes for the best offensive lineman in college football. So he knows them better than we do or better than, like, any of these analysts that are out there. Like, he knows them firsthand. So it's one thing for me to say it. It's one thing for somebody else to say it. But when he says it, you have to listen. And, and you know, I, I feel like one of the things, you, you can criticize Ryan Post for a lot of things, but he's got a starting left tackle in Braxton Jones that he found right in front of you in Come what, on. the sixth, sixth, seventh round. Doesn't that give you faith in his ability to find these linemen? And well, later, to me, it does. Caesar, one of my I mean, good friends made up a, a counter argument to that because I did say that same thing to him. And he's like, he goes, Gabe, if you put Pat Bev on the Bulls, He's not a great point guard, but he's the best you got. And he said, he said that's what Braxton Jones was, though. So it was kind of a shot at Braxton Jones, where it's like he was a starting left tackle, but it was because he was just the best that you had. I'm pretty sure he was our first rookie team, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm no shade at Braxton Jones. I want to be very clear. No, no shade. If you start that many games, you do that, kudos to you. Everyone thinks he's doing a great job. It'll be interesting. Ah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Damn, I'm old. My shoulder just kind of went crazy. Uh, from the 262 says, sorry, but you're wrong. GMs are definitely still following the Jimmy Johnson's trade value scale. I'm not saying that they're not. What I'm saying is that the article that I was reading was literally saying, oh, this one's 510 and this is 490, so how are they going to make up that difference? And I'm saying you can use that point system, but if you really want someone, no one's really tripping about those points like that. Like, oh, you got to give me a seventh rounder now. No, you want this? You're going to come get this. And there's ways around that. Somebody always wins and somebody always loses. From the 224 says, so I was doing a mock draft online. Oh, dude, you're my kind of guy. Invite me. I want to I wanna watch it. <laughs> I want to know who I want to watch the top 10 picks of your of your of your fake mock draft online. So I was doing a mock draft online the other night in Carolina. This is great. And Carolina offered pick 39. <laughs> I'm this guy. This is I'm laughing because this is this is what I would do. Like, I'm like, what's the website? Can I can I do this? This sounds fun. Screw Madden. Screw Call of Duty. I want to do more of my own mock drafts and have artificial intelligence. I want to go to Chat GPT and be like, how do I get the best draft? <laughs> oh man. Carolina offered a pick 39 and an edge rusher, Brian Burns for number nine. I jumped on it. Love that. Uh from the 773 says the uh says, I hope the Bears trade down once more. I'm not particularly worried about getting the blue bucket players this season which a lot of people are talking about. I would like to load up on first, second, and third round picks and get better players at as many positions as possible. And next year you have, you know, your your bevy of draft picks. And that's where you get the blue players. Yeah, but you need some. You need, like, you cannot have the first pick in the draft and then not walk away with a guy. Like, that has to be very clear. Because then it's a loss. You don't, because you're never going to get number one, not never, but, well, the Bears haven't had in 50 years. So, you know, you, you got to be in a position to grab someone that can make a difference. So the same way I was asking, what is the furthest you would go down if you were trading? Rest assured, Ryan Poles knows exactly where that cutoff is. He knows it. He said it last year, right? How many times they do mock drafts themselves? Every time we did a mock draft, Jaquan Brisker wasn't there. Kyler Gordon or Kyler Gordon wasn't there. And that's why they jumped on him. So, so these guys are already doing that. And now the job is that much easier because they only have to do it you know, not that much easier. I don't mean like that, but they're only doing it to like 15 to 20. Like, you know what I'm saying? You Bears were in the 30s last last year with that first pick. Now they just have to pretend about 15 picks. I, I definitely think Ryan Poles 
uh, is not having the attitude of uh, if we get a guy, we get a guy, we always have next year. I definitely think he feels the pressure that he needs to hit on that first first round pick. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got to get a player that's going to come in and start next year with that first round pick for sure. And that's where I've been Caesar in the last couple of weeks, and this that's why this, like I said, it's like the best telenovela, like where you're like, ay dios mío, qué va a pasar, what is going to happen? And it's because the biggest thing for me is, is it going to be an offensive or defensive lineman? To me, that's the most compelling storyline because you want to see what he values. What does he see? What does he think he can get in the later rounds? Like, to me, that's some cool stuff just from a business standpoint. Where does he think, as the general manager of the Chicago Bears, that he can make the biggest impact with with an individual coming to this team? I, I think he has the confidence in himself to go, you know, big-time difference-maker skill player with that first pick. And if it's finding an offensive lineman later in the draft, that's where he'll go with it. If there's yeah. an edge rusher there at nine, uh, he, he'll he go there. You know, if there's that defensive end, defensive lineman sitting there, he'll go there. But he has confidence in himself to find those offensive linemen later in the draft, I think. And I don't think necessarily that he's tied to, I have to draft an offensive at, lineman not at the all. first pick. Not at all. And I, I think that's the good thing about where he's at. The other thing that, you know, we – we know is a, with 100% certainty is that there will be some wrench thrown in the system. That's just how the NFL draft works. There'll be, you can, you know, read as many mock drafts as you want, but I've said it before, the same way that, you know, zero people fill out their NCAA brackets correctly kind of holds true with this thing as well. No one's really going to be able to correct, precisely correct the first 30 picks of the actual draft but it'll be interesting to see and that's why we watch it because we're sick individuals and we care about 20 year old men getting drafted in april even though they won't play for six months after that five months all right it's gabe ramirez do not forget cubs baseball coming up first pitch 840 on the score in the xfinity cubs radio network cubs continue the road trip against the athletics tonight zach zayman got your call at 805 so we're gonna hang off for a little bit more gonna Talk a little bit of NBA playoffs and who I think is going to be hoisting the trophy above their heads. I'll tell you guys who I think that'll be on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on a Monday on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And this one's only worth 490 How are you going to make this up? 30 grand? 40 Like, no. Do you, do you want this player or not? What are you willing to give up? Do you want this number nine slot? And as we know... Ryan Poles plays no games. You want number nine, it's there to be had if the price is right. And that's where the Bears are at right now. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score, talking some Bears, taking your calls, 312-644-6767. Got a couple text messages that have come in from the 219. Nolan Smith at nine, hands down, undersized, but gives you some juice off the edge. There's been some people that are coming out and like, Nolan Smith is a potential Hall of Famer. He's impressing. I mean, he's put up some good combine numbers. You know, there's guys that just, they they do well at the combine and everybody starts hyping them, you know? The good thing is this, Caesar. It doesn't matter what defensive end we take or the Bears take. It's going to be an upgrade. So you're going to get someone that can be a difference maker on your defensive line. I mean, when you finish dead last in, in pressures and, you know, how many snaps last year did you see the quarterback just sitting back there? Stop it. And, you know. Dominique Robinson's no like, damn. <laughs> Dominique Robinson's at the voluntary offseason program right now. 
Like, hey, coach, what's up, man? Anything I could do? Got this. Look at these reps I got. Look how fast I'm going. <laughs> and meanwhile, Nolan Smith's like, bro, I'm about to come here and take your job. Whoever gets taken in that first round, if it's a defensive lineman, they are taking his job. From the 630, the question we're asking is, what do you want to have happen with this number nine pick the Bears have? 630 says, I want to trade nine. This is this is deep. See, this is the kind of stuff I like. Because you guys are as sick as I am. You guys are coming up with these crazy trades, and I'm like, yeah. I want to trade nine and 63. This man to put the damn, like he knows what he wants. For Tennessee's number 11 and 41. Okay, let's live there for a second. Tennessee only comes up to number nine if one of the quarterbacks are available. That's the only way they move up from 11 to nine. Makes zero sense for them to do otherwise. Giving up the 41 for the 63rd, I like that. I got to be honest. This is a sexy trade in my mind already. I'm, we won. We're winning the trade. I want an offensive ta- tackle. Ski Rex. Oh, T-Rex? Are you talking about Peter Skaronsky? That's great. And then I trade with Seattle for 20 and open the door to a wide receiver or a running back there. Maybe a Zay Flowers from Boston College at 20. We talked to Andrew from Bowling Book. He said his limit was 17. Caesar, what's your limit? What is the, you know, with the possibility of a trade back, what's the furthest back you would want to go? I feel like that would be pretty much it because if you go back to 11, now you're starting to get to that point where, you know, if you made the decision that it's an offensive lineman, the depth's there, but not if you start getting past 12, 13, 14, yeah. you know, stuff. If you go into we 11. at top tier, guys. Exactly. If you go into 11, one of those tackles will definitely still be there, I feel. But once you start going into 13, 14, 15, you're really stretching. And you're running the risk. Up. Exactly. And that's why I wanted I wanted to have Cole Kubelik on uh, today. He's a super a draft guru and former offensive lineman at Auburn, calls the SEC and actually votes on best offensive lineman of the year in college football. And he was on the show before when I was, when I was on with Anthony Heron and he mentioned that like, you know, you can get a second rounder that's comparable, not as good as comparable. Now I want to reiterate his, 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 his resume. He votes for the best offensive lineman in college football. So he knows them better than we do or better than like any of these analysts that are out there. Like, he knows them firsthand. So it's one thing for me to say it. It's one thing for somebody else to say it. But when he says it, you have to listen. And, and you know, I, I feel like one of the things, you, you can criticize Ryan Poles for a lot of things, but he's got a starting left tackle in Braxton Jones that he found right in front of you in come what, on. the sixth, sixth, seventh round. Doesn't that give you faith in his ability to find these linemen in well, later? To me, it does. Caesar, one of my I mean, good friends made up a, a counter argument to that because I did say that same thing to him, and he's like, he goes, Gabe, if you put Pat Bev on the Bulls, he's not a great point guard, but he's the best you got. And he said, he said that's what Braxton Jones was though. So it was kind of a shot at Braxton Jones, where it's like he was a starting left tackle, but it was because he was just the best that you had. I'm pretty sure he was our first rookie team, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm no shade at Braxton Jones. I want to be very clear. No, no shade. If you start that many games, you do that. Kudos to you. Everyone thinks he's doing a great job. It'll be interesting. Ah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Damn, I'm old. My shoulder just kind of went crazy. Uh, from the two six two, says sorry, but you're wrong. GMs are definitely still following the Jimmy Johnson's trade value scale. I'm not saying that they're not. What I'm saying is that the article that I was reading was literally saying, "Oh, this one's five ten, and this is four ninety. So how are they going to make up that difference?" And I'm saying. You can use that point system, but if you really want someone, no one's really tripping about 
those points like that. Like, oh, you got to give me a seventh rounder now. No, you want this? You're going to come get this. And there's ways around that. Somebody always wins and somebody always loses. From the 224 says, so I was doing a mock draft online. Oh, dude, you're my kind of guy. Invite me. I want to I want to watch it. <laughs> I want to know who I want to watch the top 10 picks of your of your of your fake mock draft online. So I was doing a mock draft online the other night in Carolina. This is great. And Carolina offered pick 39. <laughs> I'm this guy. This is I'm laughing because this is this is what I would do. Like I'm like, what's the website? Can I can I do this? This sounds fun. Screw Madden. Screw Call of Duty. I want to do more of my own mock drafts and have artificial intelligence. I want to go to Chat GPT and be like, how do I get the best drafts? <laughs> oh man. Carolina offered a pick 39 and an edge rusher, Brian Burns for number nine. I jumped on it. Love that. Uh from the 773 says the uh says, I hope the Bears trade down once more. I'm not particularly worried about getting the blue bucket players this season which a lot of people are talking about. I would like to load up on first, second, and third round picks and get better players at as many positions as possible. And next year you have, you know, your, your bevy of draft picks. And that's where you get the blue players. Yeah, but you need some. You, need, like, you cannot have the first pick in the draft and then not walk away with a guy. Like, that has to be very clear. Because then it's a loss. You don't, because you're never going to get number one, not never, but... Well, the Bears haven't had in 50 years. So, you know, you, you got to be in a position to grab someone that can make a difference. So the same way I was asking, what is the furthest you would go down if you were trading? Rest assured, Ryan Poles knows exactly where that cutoff is. He knows it. He said it last year, right? How many times they do mock drafts themselves? Every time we did a mock draft, Jaquan Brisker wasn't there. Kyler Gordon or Kyler Gordon wasldon not there. And that's why they jumped on him. So, so these guys are already doing that. And now the job is that much easier because they only have to do it you know, not that much easier. I don't mean like that, but they're only doing it to like 15 to 20. Like, you know what I'm saying? You Bears were in the 30s last last year with that first pick. Now they just have to pretend about 15 picks. I, I definitely think Ryan Poles uh, is not having the attitude of uh, if we get a guy, we get a guy we always have next year. I definitely think he feels the pressure that he needs to hit on that first first round pick. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got to get a player that's going to come in and start next year with that first round pick for sure. And that's where I've been, Caesar, in the last couple of weeks. And this that's why this, like I said, it's like the best telenovela, like where you're like, ay Dios mío, ¿qué va a pasar? What is going to happen? And it's because the biggest thing for me is, is it going to be an offensive or defensive lineman? To me, that's the most compelling storyline. Because you want to see what he values. What does he see? What does he think he can get in the later rounds? Like, to me, that's some cool stuff just from a business standpoint. Where does he think, as the general manager of the Chicago Bears, that he can make the biggest impact with, with an individual coming to this team? I, I think he has the confidence in, in himself to go, you know, big-time difference-maker skill player with that first pick. And if it's finding an offensive lineman later in the draft, that's where he'll go with it. If there's yeah. an edge rusher there at nine, uh, he, he'll go there. You know, if there's that defensive end, defensive lineman sitting there, he'll go there. But... He has confidence in himself to find those offensive linemen later in the draft, I think. And I don't think necessarily that he's tied to, I have to draft an offensive lineman. Not at all. Pick. Not at all. And I, I think that's the good thing about where he's at. The other thing that, you know, we, we know is a, with, with 100% certainty is that there will be some wrench thrown in the system. That's just how the NFL draft works. There'll be, you can, you know, read as many mock drafts as you want, but I've said it before, the same way that, you know, zero people fill out their NCAA brackets correctly. 
kind of holds true with this thing as well. No one's really going to be able to correct, precisely correct the first 30 picks of the actual draft. But it'll be interesting to see, and that's why we watch it, because we're sick individuals, and we care about 20-year-old men getting drafted in April, even though they won't play for six months after that. Five months. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez. Do not forget, Cubs baseball coming up. First pitch, 840 on the score in the Xfinity Cubs radio network. Cubs continue the road trip against the Athletics tonight. Zach Zayman got your call at 805. So we're going to hang off for a little bit more. Going to talk a little bit of NBA playoffs and who I think is going to be hoisting the trophy above their heads. I'll tell you guys who I think that'll be on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on a Monday on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Sorry, I'm just vibing out right now. Sometimes you need a little non-Kanye Kanye on the radio. You know? That's where we're at right now. It's Gabe Ramirez leading you right into Cubs baseball. Pre-game starts at 8.05 with Zach Zaidman. First pitch happens at 8.40 on the score in the Xfinity Cubs radio network. Cubs continue their road trip against the Athletics tonight. Going to be a great game. Uh, make sure you guys are here for that. So I get to hang out with you guys for a couple more minutes. Uh, I just want to piggyback on some bear stuff first that I didn't get to that I thought was important. And then I do want to talk about who I think will win the NBA championship, who will be hoisting that trophy. I'll do that all within the next 10 minutes uh, here on 670 The Score. So first and foremost, I wanted to mention the fact that Kevin Warren reported to work for the first time today. And the Bears put out that little video, you know, where they're like, first day on the job, it's dark outside, and then they put 547 in the morning. Now, I work in media, and I just want to say, like, they could have did that, like, at 8 p.m. And be like, bro, just get in your car. Like, just, just walk out. I posted it up. It's going to look good. Did it for Ryan Poles. 5.47 in the morning? Papa. That's early. Who's What calls are you taking at 5.47? It's the offseason. Nothing's happening. You're, you're chilling right now. What are you doing? Like, I want to know what you did. Did you get to the job, Kevin Warren, on your first day? And did you, like, chat with the people like everybody else for their first 45 minutes? Like, do you... Go get a cup of coffee and like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Small talk with like the people that are actually working hard. Like, what do you? What did you do? I wish I could talk to him. Take me through your first hour, Kevin Warren. Uh, but of course, you know he's on the job now. Said some really good stuff uh, outside of that Twitter post where he's walking in. <laughs> this is great, by the way. Uh, Lisa Barbieri from the uh, Bears Wire from USA Today. She had a really good article on the whole thing. Uh, Kevin Warren went on to say that his transition to the NFL has been flawless. He said, uh, fortunately, I had this experience a couple of years ago transitioning out from the Vikings to the Big Ten. And so, really, I tried to make sure that I brought in the in this environment every time that I've seen someone transition or I've transitioned to do it the right way. So, maybe he showed up at 8 o'clock last time, and then that way he, he decided to do a little bit differently. Um, so, so, congratulations to him. I know we're going to be seeing a lot more of him. Uh, Dante Pettis. Got re-signed. I was when I'm when you think of the the trio, which is Equinemius, Dante, and Byron Pringle. I really only thought one of them were going to be back. Like you're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head over there? 
because I mean Pettis and, and St. Brown, it's like the same guy. That's what I'm saying. Spider Man, Spider Man meme where you're, you're pointing at each other. Dante Pettis, I mean, had some moments, but if the wide receiver room still has Pettis and Equinemius, one somebody's gonna get cut. Too many players, too many people. DJ Moore, Chase, Darnell Mooney. You got Valus in there, Pettis, and Equinemius, and you're telling me you're not going to draft anybody else? You know what I'm saying? So somebody else is something else is happening there. But whatever, man. Bring Dante Pettis back. Let him do his thing. No shade there. Uh, glad that he's back. Gosh, what are the Bears going to do? I can't say it enough. Steelers-Bears trade potentially going to be happening. Jalen Carter not going to be on the board. Kevin Warren, 547. Just want to make sure I touched on all the things Bears before I left. So shout out Kevin Warren for getting the job done, setting the example, right? Leading by example. All right, now I get to chat a little bit about the NBA. Um, the games for the first the first couple of games have been really, really interesting. That Clippers Suns game, I just if you're a, a, just an NBA fan, that game did it for you. See, I I was talking to somebody, I play basketball every Monday, three round two. Shout out to the fellas. And so we were hooping today, and all we could talk about was that we wish, well, first I said I wish Clippers-Suns was the Western Conference Finals. And then somebody else chimed in and was like, with Paul George. Oh, my God, could you imagine that? Clips with Paul George going up against KD and them. And then in mid-stride, too, because it would be the Western Conference Finals. Remember, KD's only been back for a couple of weeks. So they would be in rhythm at that point. They would have played you know, maybe another 12 games, 14 games at that point. And that would have been a good one. So you bring up the Clippers, I got to ask you. Yeah, Gabe, please, please. What, what's, uh, what's your opinion on the video of Russ Westbrook going around? Yeah, I mean, listen, Russ is Russ, you know? And we were talking about turning a blind eye to a lot of things. And, I mean, it's whatever. What did you think? I mean, come on, man. You're an NBA ball player. You can't take some heckling. I mean, you're a professional athlete, man. But, 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 but wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But you're, see, see, Caesar, you are of the age where you understand, like Russell Westbrook is younger than you. You know what I'm saying? Kyrie Irving, younger than you, right? And so you, you see these guys, they just, we're not cut from the same cloth. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are the ones that, like, are going to the ref and be like, kick him out of the game. They're yelling at me. You know what I'm saying? Or like Rendon is going up to people in the outfield and grabbing them by the neck. I mean, to go into a sweep, man, are you serious? I mean, yeah. you, you to go into a sweep of a guy who he just paid his whole paycheck to be in that sweep. Yeah, you are a multimillionaire, man. You're going to leave this game and get in your $100,000 car and drive <laughs> home to your mansion. And you're that bothered by this dude who spent his whole paycheck yeah. on that sweet ticket to be there to see you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, that they should have thicker skin than that. But that would be if we were comparing them to a – and I hate to be the era guy, but if you're comparing them to a different era, you know what I'm saying? Like, and even from a different part of the world, of the country for that matter, right? Like, would D. Rose, same age, would D. Rose go up to the to the suite where they had a stripper and at the United Center? And would he go up there and be like, man, what y'all doing? No, no, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want to call him soft because I know Russ Westbrook is not, is not soft. Right. We know right? that. He's not a soft guy. He's he's made it to where he's at because he's not a soft guy. But that is acting soft, man. I mean, come yeah. on, you know. You're right. Nothing, nothing, no, nothing, uh, no, no lies detected there. I most certainly say that. Um, so I, I, I do wonder what is going to happen in that 
Clipper Sun series because if the Clippers pull that off, dude, KD will not live that down. Devin Book, the owner, making those moves, giving them a Kel Bridges who, you know, they're winning right now. First six, not that they're going to win the series, but I'm just saying, like, you gave up good guys, Cam Johnson, be tough. Hopefully, don't do it. All right, who do I think? is going to be hoisting the trophy at the end of the season. To me, it's very clear. And it depends on whether or not Giannis comes back. And to me, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Dude, when you get a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, the playoffs are what? Half-court basketball, good defense, and getting a bucket when you need it. It's very not simple, but it is very simple. And the Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks play very good defense. The Milwaukee Bucks can score at a high pace, and if they give the ball to Giannis, he's a walking bucket. And so for me, it's hard to see another team beating them over the course of seven games. Now, are there teams that can? Yeah, absolutely. Can Phoenix or the Clippers, you know, do it? Can they? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we know that. Golden State looking a little bit more pedestrian as of late. Even you know, I feel bad for the people that lost money on that first game. Sacramento Kings were favored by a point and a half in that first one, and it was almost like begging you to be like, there's no way the Golden State Warriors are going to lose that game. I stood away from it because I'm like, I've lost way too money, way too much money on games like that where you think you can envision a Golden State Warriors victory against the Sacramento Kings. It was and, a great game, though. Great game! Oh, man, what a great game. I, I, I watched every minute of it. It was an unbelievable game. Dude, the playoffs have been so good. There's, one, there's a couple stinkers, right? Like Boston and Atlanta. Boston's just far superior. Atlanta will pull off a game or two, but they're not winning that series. Philly, Brooklyn, we know what's going to happen there. New York, Cleveland reminded me of, like, Bulls Cleveland back in the day. Like, you won the first game, cute. That was real cute. Donovan Mitchell's like, that's cute, man. Yeah, that's cute. Y'all pick the, pick the game up, that's great. And then they're just going to come back and, like, win four straight. I feel you with Milwaukee, but I have to admit I'm totally on the Kings bandwagon, man. Yeah, but you don't think they're going to do anything. No, no, I don't think they're going right, to win right, it. Right. But if, you like know, the with, team. Yeah, like with the, the Bulls not in the playoffs, I'm totally jumping on the okay. Kings bandwagon. I like sure. that. Denver, I really want them to go deep. I'm a huge Jamal Murray fan. NBA bubble proved to me that he is one of the elite scorers when put in that predicament. But he's been hurt for the last couple of years. So Denver gets an opportunity to be at full strength. Michael Porter Jr.'s playing. Jokic is just being the Joker. So they can make a deep run. Tough matchup for them in the second round, too. It's like... Yep, I'm going to do it. LeBron James be having some easy paths. Like, I wish he would have landed in the in the eighth spot. And then that way, they would have had to face Denver and then the winner of Phoenix and in the, in the Clippers. Because you never know, man. They could get hot, especially with a guy like Anthony Davis. All right, I got Milwaukee taking the whole thing, and I do have them going up against the Phoenix Suns. It's hard to bet against KD, man. It's like betting against Brady. You just don't want to do it. It's just Because you, you're going to look like a fool. Don't count the Warriors out, man. Stop it. Don't count the, I'm telling you, Stop don't count it. the Warriors Stop out. Stop it. Stop it. Draymond Green with his one, what is, what is it, a quadruple single? No. Not happening. All right. Got to get up out of here, man. Tengo que ir, like the song says. And we're leading you right into Cubs baseball. 805 pregame begins with Zach Zaidman. Of course, first pitch at 840 right here on the score in the Xfinity Cubs radio network. Cubs taking on the A's tonight. Got to make sure you're listening while you're riding around or getting started for that third shift. Got to thank my guest today, Cody Westerlin, the brand new Pops. Big congratulations out to him. And, of course, Mark Gonzalez as well for hanging out with me 
uh, in the 7 o'clock hour talking baseball. I want to thank the super producer, Cesar Perez, for hanging out with me today. The radio station didn't blow up. We thought it was two Latinos on the show at the same time. Dios mío, we didn't know. But it didn't. Shout out to us. All right. So I'm out of here. I'll be back on your radios tomorrow, 6 o'clock. Make sure you guys are here for it so we can hang out again. All right. Mi gente. That means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time. I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is your station, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.